Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. And they should throw them into the fire. Even the innocent people who are carrying them died from the flame. And they did throw them into the fire. But there was a fourth man in the fire. Give the Lord a clap offering. Who protected Shidrach, Michigan, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar saw the glory of God. And saw the, 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 the fourth angel. He said, one like the son of man. Then he said, oh, Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, your God, he said, there is no other God that is as, as great as this God. You know, and then he asked them, to, they came out, there was no smoke on their, on, their, uh, on, on their clothes, you know, and everything. They said, I make a decree. The same person who was an enemy, an hour later, became an ally, and, an hour earlier, became an ally an hour later. That's how it's going to be with our persecution. So don't fight your husband or your wife or your children if the, they yield to the enemy and he speaks through them and he persecutes you. Pray for them. Pray, fight the enemy. Don't fight the human being. So people who are your enemy before will become your ally tomorrow. For if a man's ways please the Lord, he may get even his enemies to be at peace with him. But there is a process. You go through the fire. See, people want the peace, but you can't have the peace without the fire. You go through the fire, you come out unscathed, then they come and they submit to you. So that, that, that's going to happen. I just wanted to put that in free of charge. We, we need to understand that. So, and so the Bible says, here we go back to Joel chapter 2. We have a lot of ground to cover in Joel. It says, they, they, will, they, they will not thrust one another. It says, they shall run. Uh, said they will fall upon the sword. That's what I was talking about. They, 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 it will not penetrate. The sword will hit them, but it will not penetrate. The wicked one will not be able to touch them. You know, he won't be able to destroy them like Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like the Lord Jesus. The only time was when he just allowed them to arrest him. And he was very clear that he allowed it. When they came and said, which of you is just a nice? He said, I am he. Everybody fell down. So the power to deliver him was there. Then he said, okay, let these ones go. Now you can arrest me because it's the plan of God. You know, so that's what's going to happen with us too. We're going to have supernatural divine protection, you know. And, and some of the people who will betray us, who will, who will allow uh, the, the, the governments of the world, you know, to come and arrest us, will be our own people. Sometimes even your own family members. Since they shall hate one another and they shall betray one another. No, it's coming, oh. So be ready. But have this spiritual understanding and education. You're not fighting with flesh and blood. You pray, walk in love. Do you understand? Some of those same people will now become your closest allies. You need to understand that. You know, the Lord reminded me of something else. So, even Peter, as close as Peter was to Jesus, under pressure, he denied him. But Jesus didn't hold it against him. Because Jesus knew his heart, that he really loved him. And that he was just under, because he didn't pray properly. He was under pressure and yielded to it. It's going to be like that with us. 
Some it will be your children. Some it will be your close family members. You know, they will betray you. They will deny you. Under pressure. Don't let that bother you. Just pray. Love them. Pray for them. And like Peter, you know, Peter repented and he came back. And he now became the mouthpiece of the uh, day of Pentecost. Can you imagine? <laughs> the same guy who denied Christ just less than maybe a few weeks, you know. He denied Christ, you know, just before Pas uh, uh, Passover, you know. And seven weeks later, you know, this same Peter was now the mouthpiece of the day of Pentecost. So, let, 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 let's trust God, you know. So, he says... They shall run to and fro in the city. Again, this is metaphoric. You know, they shall run upon the wall. They will climb up on the houses. They will enter in the windows like a thief. The earth will quake before them. He's talking about the spiritual effect of this company, this breaker company, this jewels army they are going to have. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and moon shall be dark. You know, and the stars shall with those signs. He's talking about the, at the end, towards the at the end of the tribulation. The Lord shall utter his voice before his army. His, for his camp is very great. He's talking about it's going to be a large number. God gave me an understanding of this. You know, we're looking, talk, you know, we do physics and maths. We know this. You know, talk of orders of magnitude. You know, say how big is something. That's why it says very great. You know, right now we have about 9 billion people on, well, 8, 9 billion people on the earth. You know, of those 9 billion, as I'm speaking today, there's about 1.5 to 2 billion that are born again, not churchgoers. That, you know, if you're talking about churchgoers, maybe it's about 2 billion, maybe 2.5. But the ones that are truly born again is about, give or take, uh, this, is, 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 this is an, you know, uh, what they call a guesstimate. You know, I'm, I'm guessing and I'm making an, it's an educated estimate. You know, we'll be probably about 1.5, allowed to be conservative. Let me say 1.5 billion. Of that 1.5 billion, there's only maybe about one third of us, which is about 500 million that are born again and praying tongues. We're not that many. We're many, but still we're not that many. But the good news is that once the breaker company breaks through, it's going to attract... Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. A lot of other people. And over the next seven years, typified by the uh, Saul and David. See, when, when, when David became king, he was king only over one tribe. A small, relatively small number. But the Bible says that there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And the house of David got bigger and bigger. And the house of Saul got weaker and weaker. So what that means is that as the uh, 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 um, um, revival, I don't know if I should call it a revival, as this, you know, uh, uh, um, renewal, is actually a better word, you know, takes place inside the church, more and more people will be following after. They'll be following after that company. They will join them. They will join them. And what's going to happen is that the, 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 the house of David, typified by this, Joel's army is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the people who didn't believe before the house of Saul, who've been, you know, serving God according to their flesh, what I call the bread and fish Christians who are serving God because of what they can get, they're going to get smaller and smaller in number. 
and more people are going to be decamping. They'll be moving from the house of Saul to the house of David. By the end of seven years, it took seven years for David now to become king over all Israel. But, but uh, in the time period, you know, typified, again, there are shadows. There are not things you can, you know, be dogmatic about. But in a time period typified by about seven years, you know, you will find that the house of David will have so many people. And God gave me an estimate. He says it will be something like three billion. Now, it sounds big, but it's still small. Because it's still have nine billion on the earth. You're still going to have born again Christians who are not going to be a part of us. You know, but there will be a large, a great company. A great company. And you can see, you know, see this that I was teaching the other time on Noah's Ark. You know, what's true of the sample is true of the population. So if you're looking at a population of 9 billion and you take one third, you get about 3 billion. That's the people in the holy place and the most holy place. Then the rest is the outer court. <laughs> You know, six billion, you know, will be in the outer court, and then a few, you know, about one twelve go to hell who don't listen to and don't believe the things we're preaching. You still have them, but you have a large number. That's what he's talking about here. He said, For his camp is very great, he's strong that executed his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Where does that scripture remind you of Malachi? It says, The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, you know, and he shall be like a refining fire. He says, who shall stand when he appeareth? This is what is ahead of us, brethren. Wake up! Get out of religion. This is what is ahead of the church. And a lot of people are in for it, going to be for a root shock. Many people are looking for Jesus in the sky, that just going to go, and I believe in the rapture, he's going to come. But all this is going to take place before he comes. A lot of people are going to be found on the wrong side of the same fence in the house of Saul instead of being in the house of David. But thank God there's provision for you to change camp. You know, usually after a lot of um, breaking, a lot of tribulation. I was speaking earlier, the Holy Spirit just reminded me about Nebuchadnezzar. You know, even after that thing, Nebuchadnezzar didn't change. Even after the fire incident, and he made a decree that there is no other God greater than, you know, the God of Israel. Uh, you know, chapter 4, St. Nebuchadnezzar. He's walking in his palace. He says, is, is it not me, the great Babylon, that I have done with my own power and my own hand? The Bible says, a word came to Daniel. You know, the, the decree of the watchers. You know, let's just cut, cut it short. God said, you will be, t you'll be driven from your throne. You become like a wild animal. You will eat grass for seven years. He said, let me use Olubi Johnson language, you know, you know, then your head will become correct. <laughs> you know, then you will know that the Most High rules the affairs of men. It was only after that that Nebuchadnezzar finally said, there is no God, you know, and, 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 and they that walk in pride, talking about himself, He's able to abase. There will be people like that. God will not cut them off completely. He will leave a stump in the earth. But he will chasten them surely so that they can come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be people like that in our, in our spheres of influence, some in our close families, some friends, some acquaintances that initially will be against us. But God will break them. And then later on, 
uh, they will train. Remember, don't fight against flesh and blood. Now, we continue in the book of Joel. And uh, I'm not going to go through all of it, you know. So, the, in, in anticipation of this coming glory and this Joel's army and this breaker company, he said, now talking to the church, he says, Turn ye unto me with all your heart, with fasting and prayer. And we've been doing that, and you should continue to do that. You know, fasting and prayer and all of that, because, you know, he's going to uh, uh, bring the glory of God. Then we now go to verse 23, which is the one I want to uh, focus on. Here, he's now talking about this latter rain. You know, we, we read it in Hosea chapter 6. In verse 2. Here he now says, be glad then. After the fasting, after the praying, which we've been doing, we've already been doing that. And we're going to continue to do it. That's why, see, you don't fast and pray only when you have an emergency. We, yet not us, but the grace of God which is with us, the mercy of God which is with us. We've learned and we do fasting and praying on a consistent basis. We fast every week on Tuesdays, you know, fast Tuesdays, sometimes most of Wednesday when we break it later in the evening, you know, then we do, you know, once every three months, we do a three-day fast. It's all a build-up and preparation to this thing. You see, serious armies don't do things in a hurry. They plan long range. I'm reminded of World War II. Immediately after Adolf Hitler invaded you know, France and all the European countries. He was controlling the whole of Europe. The only place that was free was England, you know, and even that he wanted to, you know, come in, but the RAF stopped him. Then the Allies got together. Then he, he foolishly, you know, because of his pride, attacked Russia, which he shouldn't have done. Because if he had Russia as an ally, the world would not be what it is today. I'm telling you. It was God who allowed angels to put it in his mind that he should attack Russia. It was the fo most foolish thing he ever did. But anyway, he did. So the allies, which are America uh, uh, and England, you know, and France was already invaded, but they had a uh, government, you know, in exile in England, headed by Charles de Gaulle and others so they had a meeting you know and Stalin of of russia to join them and the, how do we defeat this adolf hitler and you know people were very sentimental the russians were greatly defeated by the uh, germans they lost a lot of airplanes they lost a lot of ground the, in fact the the german advance was unprecedented in military history. By November, uh, September, the German troops were looking at Moscow. In fact, he would have gotten a God shall. Let's give God a clap offering. He is a master chess player. If Hitler had listened to his generals, they would have conquered Moscow. He should have gone straight to Moscow. But you know what? He he, when it got, you know, like maybe 100 miles, you know, it's just like coming to Ibadan. Then they're already in Lagos, you know. So he, and they have already conquered all the other places, you know. So he said, oh, we have time. 
He said, we have time. He said, there's an oil field, you know, a little bit west of this place. You know, you just, you know, in two weeks, you, 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 you conquer it, one, one and a half weeks. Quickly go so that we will have oil for our tanks and petrol. Let's secure those oil fields, then face Moscow. He really believed it. You know what happened? Those two weeks were crucial. By the time they went and they secured the oil fields and they came back and wanted to now, the winter came. All their tanks and everything get, got frozen. The petrol got frozen. The winter killed more German soldiers than the Russian army. So the, the whole uh, uh, frontal attack was stalled because of that. But it was God. Don't you know, say God is still ruling in the affairs of men. The God says that worked in World War II is still working today in Ukraine. Give the Lord a clap of praise. Look at what is happening in Russia. Is not this the hand of God? And we haven't seen the end of it yet. Uh, don't let me, I don't want to, let me steal my message. Are you listening to me? But I said all of that to say this. You know, God knows what he's doing. He's, he rules in the affairs of men. He, he allowed, uh, uh, um, um, what's his name? Hitler to go so far. You would have said, what is God doing? But God was working in the background. He got him right next to Moscow. Then he stopped. So, Stalin, Winston Churchill, started putting pressure on um, Roosevelt, who was the president of America at the time. Quickly, quickly send American troops, you know, to come and open a second front. In, in, in Europe, you know, let's attack Adolf Hitler. The Americans were willing, but they were wise. They said, we can't just start a second front. We have to build up for it. Because it would be a disaster for us to start a second front and lose. So, I'm talking about this invasion of Russia was 1941. 42 no second front. 43, no second front. But they were not playing. They were building up. That's what we're doing spiritually. Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Building up for the counter-offensive. <laughs> if I can use a modern expression. This outpouring that's going to come. And brother is going to catch Satan napping. That's not to say he won't know we are doing it, but he will be powerless to do anything against it because of the kind of spiritual firepower that we're going to have, which was what happened in World War II. They, 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 they said, no, okay, you know. So they, they, first of all, dealt with him in North Africa. Then after they did North Africa, they then they went through Italy and Sicily, you know, and they were able to liberate Rome and all of that. American troops, you know. But all that time, they were working in Washington. War plans. There was a guy. He was just a young um, officer. I think he was something like a, 
brigadier. He was also a brigadier then. His name was Eisenhower. They put him in, you know where they put him? War plans. He wasn't fighting on the field. They sat down. They looked at Europe. They looked and then they planned. Then you know what they started doing? They started sending planes, tanks to England. It was building up for about a year. The Germans, what the, what are these people doing? They were, because if they had gone prematurely, they would have lost. When they built that thing up to a particular level, then they took George Patton. My wife knows I love this film, Patton. I've watched it almost a million times. And my wife said, hey, honey, Patton again. So what are you seeing in all of this? I'm learning Bible. They take, Patton was one of the best generals in, in, you know, in tank warfare that the Americans had. And he had gotten a great victory in Tunisia, you know. But Patton's mouth was very big. And, he, you know, he, was, he, he could be a little bit, you know, um, insubordinate. So they took him off the command. They took him off the command in Italy. But Eisenhower knew the value of Patton. So he, re he didn't retire him. He just took him to England. And he just left him in England. Didn't give him any command. So, <laughs> the Germans, they now built, you know, fictitious armies around to make the Germans think that it's Patton who is going to lead the, this thing at the port of Calais. It, it worked beautifully. They sent out signals, you know, that is as if they were real signals, but they were fake. That they were building an army around Patton and all of that. So, the Germans were 100% convinced. That is Patton who is going to lead it and it's going to come from the port of Calais. Intelligence is very important. It's true spiritually, it's true naturally. You know what happened? They kept Patton there. <laughs> One of the generals went to see him. He said, George, you and your big mouth got you into this trouble. He said, if I were you, I'd just keep shut and stay where you put. He was very angry. Ah, you know, you know. Um, so, but, but Eisenhower didn't say a word to him. Eisenhower kept it inside his, his heart, you know. But he knew it was going to be very important. So later on, when D-Day happened, they now put Canadian troops, British troops. They didn't attack from the port of Calais. They went to attack from Normandy, further north, where they never thought they would attack. And they broke through there. Patton wasn't there. They broke through. Broke through the German lines. Went, you know, at least like 50, 60 miles inland. Then the advance, you know, is stalled because of supply things from the, uh, uh, from the coast. Then Eisenhower now sent for, he now sent for Patton. And he put him under a person he was senior to before. A guy called Bradley. And he said to him, he said, you know, I chose you. I didn't choose you. He said, if it was me, I would have sacked you. <laughs> you know, he said, can we work together? You were boss in North Africa, but I'm boss now. Can you? Patton said, don't worry. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> you know, he said, you know, I have many faults. He said, but ingratitude is not one of them. He said, I'm grateful. 
Then they now plan. They now give part in the third army. Man, that guy just started like a, like a, like a juggernaut. And when they saw him, he said, I'm going to Berlin. I'm going to arrest that guy and hang him myself. <laughs> but what am I saying? Intelligence and building up. See, God is not slack concerning his promise. Honey, thanks for that word. See, God is building up. God doesn't, he doesn't just do things. He's going to build us up, teach us, get us properly established, fill us with firepower. When the thing starts, Satan will have no answer. Let's give the Lord a clap, offering. Be glad. Verse 23. We're going to close shortly. Ye children of Zion, rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. That's the early rain I spoke about. He's given us that. We already have that. And he will cause, that's future. So that's the one we're expecting now. To come down for you, the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, like he did at first in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he talks about all things that are going to happen. The floors are going to be full of wheat. This great harvest that is going to come. And then here, uh, uh, I have it written. It is after the church, Zion. The, the, this first outpouring does not come to the whole church. It comes to that breaker company. It comes to Zion. Then the Bible now says, it tells us here in verse 26 and 27, that we will not be ashamed. See, before the church has been put to shame, we pray for the sick, they will not get healed. We pray for the dead, they will not arise. You know, we've done all of these things. He said, but with this spirit without man that's coming, he said, my people will never, in fact, the, the, the modern translation says, will never again be ashamed. The King James doesn't use the word again, but some of the other translations uh, uh, do. It says never, New International Version says, never again will my people be ashamed. We will not be ashamed again. We speak God's word, it will happen instantly. Glory be to God. Give a clap offering to the Lord somebody. Hallelujah. Verse 28. He says, and it shall come to pass afterward. After Zion has got the first, that's the, the, the breaker company, the the, the spearhead, the pioneer. Afterward, then I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Now, this has happened with Pentecost, but there's going to be a further fulfillment of it where it will now not just be the Pentecostal anointing, but it'll be the one without measure. What we call the borrowed anointing. We're now going to see people, boys and girls, men and women, all over the world, who we follow. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know, and he will come to us, those who are following. He will come to them as the rain, as the latter and the former rain. They will inherit this borrowed anointing. They will heal the sick. They will cleanse the lepers. They will raise the dead. They will cast out devils on a daily consistent basis. It's, it will be like in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to understand this, you know, and, 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 and press in for it. What is coming will be greater than any revival or move of God that we've ever seen on the earth. Smith Uglesworth saw it. He prophesied it. Kenneth Hagin prophesied it. Pa Elton prophesied it. All the John G. Lake, all the great prophets who had a great move in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, they all saw this great move. And you know, many people have been discouraged. Eh, they've been prophesying, prophesying. Where is the promise of his coming? 
You know, all things remain. All the fathers are dead. Kenanagin is dead. Uh, uh, pa Elton is dead. Gordon Lindsay is dead. John Gilek is dead. And they've all, and where, where is it gone? And mommy gave us that word last week when we prayed for Father's Day. It says, the Lord is not slack. Concerns for me. He's working on it. And it is imminent. Now, in closing, we need this to make disciples in every nation. In every tribe, we're going to have people like the 12 apostles and the 70. It won't be, it won't be the whole tribe, but a sample. 12, you know, between 12, 20, 70, couldn't be up to 100, some places 200, depending on how the people follow after. Who will inherit this spirit without measure? This latter and former rain, this outpouring, they will heal the sick regularly. They will cleanse the lepers. They will raise the dead. The cancer, it will be normal. I prophesied this. I actually was preaching and it came spontaneously. You know, it's an example of word of wisdom from the word of God. You know, as I was preaching, you know. Um, healing sick like cancer, you know, internal sicknesses, you know, grievous ones like that, will be as common as tongues is today. It won't be a big deal. Raising the dead will be as common as groaning. Those who, not just, you know, those who pray with groaning, with intensity on a regular basis, you know, the, the, those kind of people will be raising the dead, you know, regularly. It won't be everybody, but it will be regular. And people will get to know all over the world. And they will say, if you need something, go to that place. You know what the Bible says? It's in Isaiah chapter 2. It says, they, they, they will say to each other, let us go to Zion. Let us go to Zion, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his paths. This is what is ahead of us. How is this going to happen? This is how I close. United prayer in the spirit. Amplified exponentially. One will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. And that's what we've been doing and we continue to do it. Thank God for good morning, Jesus. Let's give God a clap offering. God's been bringing, you know, it's not easy for people to be coming at five o'clock in the morning to come and pray. And the prayer request is not just physical and miracle and all of that. It's just to pray, to build yourself up, to grow spiritually. We do personal requests too. But the main focus is the discipline, the learning how to pray in the spirit. So what are we to do? I will pray in the spirit and I'll pray in the understanding. And it's building up. It's building up. The Bible says one put a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand to flight. Five would chase a hundred, you know, a hundred would chase ten thousand, you know, and, and so on. So it's going to be built up exponentially. Then God gave me this understanding. Look at Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. And look at verse 8. People don't, you know, everyone say pour out. You didn't, you didn't hear me. Everyone say pour out. Say it again. We're talking about the outpouring of the Spirit without measure. Everyone say pour out. Say it again. Say it again. Say it one more time. Then ask your neighbor, pour out of what? This is the answer. And when he had taken the book, verse, Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, 
every one of them having harps and golden vials. Uh, I'm going to go to New King James now. If you look at the New King James, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. As we are praying, God is storing it in bowls in heaven. The incense is the prayer of the saints. He's, He's storing it like the British and the American troops and the allies in World War II. They began to store up planes, aeroplanes, ammunition, and they kept it in England. They didn't attack. They, Hitler, um, Stalin wanted them to attack in 1942. They said, it's no time. 43, he said, it's no time. They built it up and built it up and built it up. So in the same way, as we are praying today, as we are praying now, every time you come for Good Morning Jesus, you come for intercessory school on Tuesday, you come for fasting and prayer, you know, some of it is used to answer your prayers. Some of that prayer, God takes a chunk of it and he puts it inside a golden bowl. It was a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Then go to chapter 5, chapter 8, excuse me, and look at verses 3 and 4. And we close. It says, and another angel. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Now remember, all, all, all scripture is prophetic. This is talking about something that actually happens in heaven. You know, that John had a vision of. But it tells us also how God interacts with heaven and earth. He says, and another angel, having a golden sense. I'm reading from New King James. Came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense. Everybody scream, much incense. But in verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8, it was incense. What is the difference between incense and much incense? Amplification. Amplification. Exponential amplification. So you know what? It built up, built up, built up. Then when it became much incense, see what God did. He says he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints, which was upon, uh, 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 which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended from God from the angel's hand, and the angel took the censer. This is what some of our funny people do, you know, <laughs> but you know that's all physical. But the, he said the angel now he took from that much incense. Look at what he did. And he filled it with fire from the altar. And where? Threw it to the earth. Stand to your feet. As we are praying, God is storing the prayer in the golden bowls. Watch this. I will say, pour out. You haven't got it yet. You, you will get the revelation in a minute. I will say, pour out. Say it again, pour out. Say it again. Turn to your neighbor and say, pour out of what? Of the golden bowls. Now ask him, when? When the bulls are full. You pour incense. 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 Then when the incense gets to overflow, then God will now tip it. Pour out into the... Then will be, that's why we call it the outpouring of the Spirit without measure. Talk to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service 
and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.